not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship in your house. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for preparing our minds and our hearts to receive the incorruptible word that is able to change, deliver, and set free our very souls. And I pray that as we discuss this topic of church hurt and what it is and how to get free from it, I thank you for moving while the word is going forth. I thank you for hearts being softened, minds being freed. I I thank you for strongholds coming down, years and years, decades, and maybe generations of church strongholds, church hurt strongholds coming down. And I thank you that our lives will be better after having heard the word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Church Hurt Hotline. Just look at your neighbor and look at him and say, are you healed yet? Thank you for joining us online. The purpose of this whole series has been for us to learn how to overcome past church hurts and then minimize future ones. And so this is a very serious topic because it's affected so many people in so many different times, uh, kinds of ways. And so here's the thing. If you have never been experienced, uh, you've never experienced church hurt, if you've never done that, Don't tune me out. Don't keep scrolling because the very principles that I'm teaching on overcoming church hurt can also apply in other scenarios where hurt can take place. How many have ever been hurt before? Let me see your hand. All right. You need this script. You need this scripture. You need this this lesson today. So here's what I'm going to do. Okay. Last week was a two part teaching series and the second part is right now. So what I need you to do is. Uh, pay attention because I'm going to do a small review on the front end. You say, well, Pastor Evan, why are you doing a review? Because have you ever seen a movie sequel where you didn't see the first movie, but then the second one came out and you went and watched that one? See, one of my movies that I like is Kill Bill. Y'all ever seen Kill Bill? Have you seen Kill Bill? Okay, well, if you look at Kill Bill 2, You won't quite understand what's actually happening if you didn't watch Kill Bill 1. So how many uh, were not here last week? If you weren't here last week, all right. How many were not here last week on camera? Let me see your hand. Just give me a thumbs up. Because here's the thing. I need to go back and review. And even if you were here, how many know faith comes how? By hearing. So stay with me even if you haven't. Uh, receive church hurt. So here's the thing. We have looked at two ways that people can receive church hurt. And the first one, way was what, church? See, that's why I'm reviewing right there. The first way is transfer. Everybody say transfer. 
And this is when someone else's church hurt has been transferred to me. Now, I want you to take a minute and just ask yourself the question, has anyone else's church hurt has been transferred to me and it's causing me to respond in a negative way? I want you to think about that. And then the second way that a person can experience church hurt is when something has transpired. And this is when an action or an event has happened in a church setting and it has directly impacted you. So the foundational verse that we've been using is John chapter 20, verse 23. They're going to put it on the screen. Jesus was talking and he says, whoever sins you remit. And the word remit means to forgive, to lay aside or put away. He says, whoever sins you remit or you forgive or lay aside. He says, then those sins are remitted to them. But then he goes on to say, and whoever sins you retain, which means to keep or hold on to, watch this now, they are retained. Who are they retained to? They're retained to you because you're the one that's holding it and keeping it. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. So I illustrated that this way. I've taken some bricks and these bricks, they represent some sins. Maybe sins uh, that someone sinned against you. Sins that take place in church. You ever been judged in church? Let me see your hand if you have. Oh, I get judged every Sunday. Every Sunday. Somebody's judging me every Sunday. But it don't matter because the ultimate judge is who matters. How many have experienced uh, spiritual abuse in an environment? To a certain degree, some, some have. And so what happens is, Jesus said, if you... Remit these. If you forgive them, watch this. Come on up here, Bruce. Once I remit these sins that he sinned against me, let's say Bruce sinned against me and this is what he did. Then when I forgive him, guess what? They're remitted back to him. Stand that way. Now, here's the problem. When we remit sins, okay, I, I let it go. I'm, 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 Lord, I, I give it back to them. I, Forgive me in Jesus' name. The problem is we hold on to the pain that it caused us. So church hurt still continues. I may have forgiven the person. But because I, watch this now, I'm still holding on to the pain, which I'm going to show you how to let that go today. I'm holding on to the pain. I'm still experiencing the hurt all over again because I haven't learned to let go of the Y'all give Bruce a big hand clap. So I believe one of the reasons church hurt lasts longer than what it should is because we're not only holding on to what happened, but we're holding on to the pain that's associated with it. And so the remedy to church hurt is forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. And I said this on last week. Forgiveness frees us even if the person who hurt us never comes to make it right with us. And you have to be okay with that. Because see, once we let go of what the person did to us, watch this, God can now replace the pain with healing. And here's the problem. We forgive people. We hold on to the pain. The problem is God cannot release the healing until we're willing to let go of the pain. Now, I'm going to show you today one of the reasons why we don't let go of pain. It's going to be one of our points. Because if I feel like what the person did, they have not received payment for it. I'm going to still keep them in layaway status. How many old enough to know what layaway is? Layaway, layaway people, layaway. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. 
So, so far I've given you three steps on how to effectively forgive. And here's the deal. Most people don't know how to forgive. But these steps I'm giving you will teach you how to forgive consistently. So here's the first step. The first step was we must acknowledge to God and then sometimes others that we've been hurt. We have to acknowledge that. Listen, the doctor can never help you heal in an area that you're hurting in in your body until you acknowledge to them where it is. So the first step is we must acknowledge to God and sometimes others that we've been hurt. Here's number two. This is, these are the steps to forgive. We must accept the truth that no one, everybody say no one. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. If if you're watching online, I'm talking to you. No one in church is what? Perfect. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned, not y'all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And once we accept this powerful truth, we can adjust our expectations of church and all the people that's in it. I said this on last week. We know in our heads that people are not perfect, but in our hearts, we expect them to be. And then here's the third step to uh, uh, walking in forgiveness is that we need a revelation to adjust our expectations. See, now since I know that everybody in church ain't perfect, including me, once I know that, now I need a revelation to adjust my expectation. Well, you say, well, what's the revelation? Here's the revelation. Pain can pervert your perspective. See, if I don't realize, once I put everybody in perspective now, I need to get a revelation that now, since everybody's not perfect, including me, that if I hold on to pain, it's going to pervert my perspective. So we looked at the story of John the Baptist on last week. And John the Baptist got a revelation of who Jesus was. And you know, a lot of people, they come, before they come and join a church, most people pray before they join. How many pray before you join Word of Truth? You pray and say, Lord, help me find a church. And the Lord led you to the church, right? Well, a lot of people, God will give them a revelation on something. And God gave Jesus, uh, John the Baptist a revelation of who Jesus was. So we read the New Living Translation of John chapter 1, verse 32. They're going to put it on the screen. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. Talking about Jesus. He says, I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me. Who told John this? God did. He said, God told me. Watch this. That he was the one. And when he sent me to baptize, he told me, the one who you see the spirit descend and rest on is the one that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Watch the revelation that John gets from God. He says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify, read it with me, that he is the chosen one. So John got a revelation that Jesus was the chosen one. But we discovered later that John ran into some pain. Now remember, I told you, pain will pervert your perspective. So John ran into some pain. He ended up in prison and it perverted his perspective of Jesus. Watch this now. It perverted his perspective of the revelation that God gave him. And that's why people's mindset of church changes. See, what happens is someone, their friend in church gets hurt. They transfer that hurt to their other friend in church. So they leave because they don't want to straighten out the, 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 the pain. And the other person leaves because of them. Watch this though. But see, their friend is not the person that gave them the revelation that this was their church. So then they leave the church because of somebody's transferred pain and they end up wandering through the wilderness spiritually. Amen, church. 
So watch this. The New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 11 verse 2 says this. John the Baptist was in prison. Heard about all the things that Jesus the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Are you the Messiah? We've been expecting. Or should we keep looking for somebody else? Pain changed his perspective. And do you know pain will change your perspective of church? So then I gave you a take-home statement last week, and then we're going to jump into today's lesson. The pain of your past can pervert the perspective of your future. you got to get rid of pain. Because if you don't, it's going to change your perspective. This is why some people... Did you hear the perspective of that little boy on the announcements? See, y'all probably didn't get that. But his mother said, son, when you get married, I want you to treat your wife good. He says, I'm not getting married. She was like, wow. He's like, I'm going to have a girlfriend. And he says, and if that one don't work out, I'm going to get another one. And if that one don't work out, I'm going to get another one. And he says, I'm going to keep doing the same thing for the rest of my life. I feel sorry for that little boy. He has already made a vow. And that is how his life is going to look. Because death and life is in whose tongue? Our tongue. So watch this now. If you're taking notes, today's message title is Forgiving Church Hurt Part 2. And this one right here is going to be heart surgery. Okay? It's good, but it's going to be heart surgery. So here's the question we're going to start out with. Here's a deep question. How do we successfully let go of something or someone that has caused us pain? How do we do that? Here's point number one. And then here's step number four for overcoming forgiveness or walking through forgiveness. We have to waive our right to fight. I'm going to say it this way. You must surrender your right to punish. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We must waive our right to fight or surrender the right to punish the person. And see, this is why a lot of times the pain, here we go, never stops because we're not willing to relinquish our right to punish the person. And so that's why we do things to punish them. But we don't realize us punishing them hurts us. So watch this. Luke chapter 23 verse 33. I'm reading this out of the King James Version. Listen to what happens. I'm going to show you how Jesus surrendered his right to punish. It says, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then Jesus said, watch this now, Jesus said, Father, watch this, forgive them. Read it with me, for they know not what they do. Are you kidding me, Jesus? What do you mean they don't know what they were doing? Now this this is interesting because the word forgive that Jesus uses in that verse is the same Greek word remit that we've been using, which means to forgive and lay aside. So before Jesus died, listen church, he made sure that he forgave the people who were hurting him and was doing him wrong. Now here's my question. How could Jesus say that what was being done to him, those people who were doing it, really didn't know what they were doing? I mean, I'm like, man, that's like you coming and slapping me and say, Pastor Evan, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, you better get a revelation because I don't know what I'm going to do either. (laughs) Right? How could Jesus say they didn't know what they were doing? So here's a foundational principle. 
which will help you let go of pain. You have to always remember that sin or wrongdoing towards you happens, watch this now, for one of three reasons. In other words, when something bad happens to you, when someone sins against you, when someone does wrong against you, there's only three reasons why they're doing that. The first one is deception. Everybody say deception. And deception, this is when a person is blind to what they're really doing. That's what deception means. It means to not know what you're doing. In fact, this is what happened to Eve when she sinned against God. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14, it says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived, watch this, she was in the transgression. So the only time that people transgress against us is because in some cases they're deceived. And if you don't understand this, then you won't be able to let things go because you think they're doing this on purpose. Sometimes people are just deceived. Here's a second reason why people sin against us, and it is the flesh. Now, I know that's not a word, but I wanted all of my words to start with a D. Okay, so we got the flesh, deception and the flesh. What is the flesh? This is when someone does something completely from their carnal nature. This is when people allow their flesh, their carnality, their humanness now to sin against us. This is why people cuss people out. That's the flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, were you in the flesh this week? Go on and ask them. How many cuss somebody out this week? Anybody cuss anybody out this week? Saw one hand, two hand. That's all. Oh, no, I believe more people cussing here. Okay, let me ask the the online people because I can't see them. How many of y'all cut somebody out this week? Give me a thumbs up if you did, all right? Everybody say the flesh. Here's the third reason why people sin against us, and it is the devil. We got deception. What else? The flesh. And what else? The devil. And this is when people do what they do to us when they are completely being used by the devil. That's what Judas did. The devil used Judas to carry out the devil's will. Right? Well, let's go back to Luke chapter 23 because I'm going to show you something that Jesus did that was spectacular. And it's going to help you and I be able to fully forgive because some of y'all don't know you and have forgiveness. It said, then Jesus said to them, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So listen, the reason Jesus was able to forgive them was because he knew, watch this, that they were being motivated by one of those three reasons. Right? Now remember, when we remit someone's sins, what happens to that sin? It goes back to them, right? So watch this, this is so powerful. When Jesus remitted their sins, remember he says, Father, forgive them. When he remitted their sins, watch this, he knew that the sin that was being remitted back to them, it was going to stay with them. So notice his prayer. He said, Father, forgive them. He didn't say, listen to what he didn't say. He didn't say, I forgive them. He said, Father, forgive them. Because he knew that once they sinned against him, they're murdering him. He knew that, right? Right? 
He had to forgive them. He's not going to die on the cross with that sin. So he forgave them. But he took it to the next level. He says, God, I don't, not only do I forgive them, I want you, Father, to forgive them. So watch this. So now I'm completely relinquishing them from what they did to me. When Jesus remitted their sins, he knew that the sins was going to go back to them. But he took forgiveness to the next level. He asked the father to not hold that against them. Watch this. What he was doing, he was waiving his right to fight. He was surrendering his right to punish. Listen to Matthew chapter 26 verse 53. And here's the context. Right when they were coming to take Jesus to crucify him. Judah shows up and kiss him. And then all these soldiers showed up. And so now we're going to read. The New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 26. This is right before he was led to Calvary. He says, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect me or to protect us? And he would send them instantly. Listen to the message translation. This is so good. Jesus said, don't you realize that I'm able right now to call to my father and 12 companies more? If I want them of fighting angels would be here battle ready he says listen don't think you just crucified me i'm you really not killing me i'm laying my life down but i want you to realize that i could call some angels down and whoop all y'all he was surrendering his right to punish them say amen to that see jesus didn't pray get him god so i need bruce again Come on, Andre, come up here. You come up here too. All right, so they sinned against Jesus. Jesus said, okay, okay, I'm not going to get this far and then just hold on to unforgiveness. I done lived a sinless life and I'm going to let somebody crucify me me at the end mess me up. He said, okay, no, I'm forgiving them. And so then he forgave them. And then he says, you know what, Father? That sin that they sinned against me, I want you, Father, To forgive them. Now the scripture says that when we ask for forgiveness, God tosses our sin into the sea of forgiveness. He doesn't remember it no more. So now, watch this, the father has it. He tosses it into the sea of forgiveness. So let me ask you a question. Does God remember their sin that they sinned against me anymore? No. So why should I be remembering it? The fact that, listen now, you say, well, Pastor Evan, what do you mean? Uh, you saying we need to forget, forgive and forget. No, I'm not necessarily saying forgive and forget. But what I am saying is we only remember what's important to us. That's why you remember your social security number. It's important to you. But you don't remember all the sins people have sinned against you. You don't remember that little Bobby, you know, down the street when y'all was three, you know, that he stole your little Tonka Troy truck or something. You don't, you don't necessarily remember that unless it's important to you. So guess what? You got to make what happened to you less important. How do you do it? You do like Jesus did. You say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let this go. And then I'm going to give it to you so you can let it go. Now watch this now. Once we give that to God. And tell him to handle it. We relinquish our right now for punishment. Okay, put that down and y'all give them a hand clap again. Give them a hand clap. So here's the deal. 
until we surrender our right to punish. Listen, church, we will never be able to treat people as if, as if they did nothing. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I said, until we surrender our right to punish, we will never be able to treat people as if they did nothing. Let me ask you a question. When you sin against God and you ask him to forgive you, does he treat you the same after that again? He treats you like you never did nothing, right? Okay, so you say, well, Pastor Evan, I can't do that. I'm not God, but we have the fruit of the Spirit. He's put his presence on the inside of us. So watch this now, Romans chapter 12. Watch this now, Romans 12, look in verse 17. This is, this, is, this is surgery right here. It says, recompense to no man, evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Verse 18, if it's possible, as much as lies in you, not in another person, but as much as it lies in you, live peaceably with all men, dearly beloved. Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. But it is written, vengeance is whose? Vengeance is mine. He says, I will repay, says who? Therefore, if thy enemy be hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. See all that right there? That's hard right there. Now, let me read that in the message translation because it's even better. It says, bless your enemies. What? Bless who? Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath, that ugly mom. (laughs) That's how people be doing it, right? (laughs) He said, no, 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 no. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Don't hit back. Oh, that one's hard. That one's hard. Especially in today's environment. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, you know, I was at the fair with Heaven. She was, I don't know, about seven or eight, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the big items at the fair is the funnel cake. And, man, I like funnel cakes. So we get in line and the line was long for that funnel cake. It was long. We couldn't even see the funnel cake place. I mean, it was way back there. So we in line and we waiting on the funnel cake. And, you know, we, we patient and we walking through it. And, and then uh, when I get about like maybe five people from the counter, I see this guy from the hood and his hood rat girlfriend with him. <laughs> and I noticed that. Every time I got closer, he was inching up like he was going to skip me. Well, I got a problem. So I, I, I got to deal with this before we get up to the counter. So I look at him and I said, I know you're not trying to skip me. And he said, what you going to do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. This is when the flesh moves to the devil level. Right here. This is it. I said, get in front of me and see. Well, he skipped the people behind me. He did not skip past the heaven. <laughs> Don't hit back. Discover. <laughs> the Lord knew. The Lord knew. Discover beauty in everyone. 
Verse 18. If you got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person some lunch. Stop right there because some of y'all need to just go ahead and transfer your, 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 your lunch money this week. Go on and set it aside. Give it to them. He says, listen, buy them lunch. If he or she is thirsty, get them a drink. Your generosity will surprise them with goodness. And verse 21 says, don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Oh, my God. So if we're going to walk in true forgiveness towards church hurt, we must waive our right to fight. And the only way, listen, church, here we go. The only way we'll be able to treat people as if they never did nothing to us is our second point and our last point today. And that is we must pray for the place and the people. If a church has hurt you, my question to you is when was the last time you prayed for that church? When was the last time you prayed for the person? We ain't praying, we saying. Girl, you know what happened over there? Listen, uh, I would prefer to let God handle what he needs to handle. Because see, here's the thing. We don't know where grace stops and judgment starts. Because that's a fine line. We don't know what that line is. But guess what? How many of you want more, more, more grace, right? So the only way for us to treat people as if they didn't do anything, we got to pray for the place and the people. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43, listen to what Jesus said. He says, you've heard that it's been said, you shall love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your, ne- your, love your enemies, bless those that, what, curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you, Jesus, are you killing me, and per- persecute you, verse 45, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Listen to the message translation. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy, verse 44. He says, but I'm challenging you. And I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. Do you know persecution ought to bring the best out of you and not the worst? See, sometimes your light only shining is going to come through when they know they're doing you wrong, but you're still doing them right. He says, let them bring the best, bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, listen to what he says, do. Respond with the energies of prayer. That's my point. The only way you're going to be able to treat somebody as if they never did anything to you is that you're going to have to provide energies of prayer. I'm going to tell you why at the end. He goes on to say, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. And this is why, listen church, Jesus prayed for and interceded for those who hurt him. Because this not only released the sin from him, but this also allowed the Father to remit or forgive the sin that they committed towards him. And unfortunately, here is what happens with church hurt. It happens to us 
We didn't really know how to deal with it. Watch this. So, so we kept the pain and long-term pain, watch this now, results to a hard heart. Long-term pain equals a hard heart. And this is why if you don't communicate in your marriage, eventually the things that's offending you that your spouse is doing, when you don't say nothing day after day and night after night and, and week after week and month after month, what happens is your heart is getting hard because you are not resolving the issue. And this is why now people would be like, oh, well, well why did, what, what happened? So, you know, for about a month and a half, Pastor Evan been trying to get up every, well, I haven't been trying. I get up every morning. I take one day off on the weekend, possibly two if I'm feeling lazy. But I walk around my neighborhood, I walk and run. It's 1.7 miles one time. So typically I'll go one, sometimes two, right? And uh, there's a spot in my neighborhood that don't have a home on it. It's a corner lot. It's huge. And I noticed that on this corner lot is tons of dog poop. Now, I'm going to say it like I want to say it. It's a lot of dog doo-doo. Right? Tons of it. Tons of it. And how many know it's been hot in Texas? No rain. So this doo-doo is dry and hard. Tons of it. Tons of it. Tons of it. I'm just, I'm like, woo, you know? (laughs) So all this doo-doo, right? I see it. It's dry. And then we got some rain this week. So I'm jogging. And all of the doo-doo looks fresh as if the dog just did it. I was like, what? And I got a revelation from God about the doo-doo. The doo-doo was hard and dry. When there was no water, but soon as the water hit it, it moistened back up. And the only way your heart, the reason your heart stays hard is because you ain't got enough word in it to soften it up to let go of the pain. You can't let that person go. You know why? Because your heart's too hard. You don't have enough water of the word in your heart to let it go. You're going to remember that doo-doo example, ain't you? Yeah. Soon as your heart get hard, 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 hard. You know what? The Bible says Jesus uses the washing of the water of his word to get the bride right. And let me just say this. You're not going to be able to forgive if your heart is hard. So you got to start putting the word. You say, well, pastor, what word? This kind of sermon, you got to listen to it over and over and over until you know every word I'm going to say. Because see, what happens is the word gets in there. And some of y'all, your heart is like that. Now, let me tell you the problem. And then right here, let me tell you the problem. If your heart stays hard to forgive somebody, remember now, it says if you retain somebody's sin, who is it retained to? So now I'm walking around with sin. That's why the scripture says God cannot forgive you until you forgive others. He said, I I can't let go of what you want me to let go because you ain't let go of what you need to let go. 
So, I wonder how many blessings we have forfeited, or I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say forfeit. I wonder what deferred blessings are being deferred in our life because our hearts, listen, our hearts are too hard to receive them. See, you don't understand. It says from the heart we believe. So I can't even have faith in my heart to believe something because my heart's too hard. So now I gotta, I, I got some work to do. So, Guess what we have to do? Here's the application. We got to forgive the place and the people. Make the decision. I'm going to do that. Because see, they not. this is how I deal with it. I'm not saying I don't get hurt and people don't hurt me. But I'm going to say, I'm not going to stay there. You know why? Because I'm not going to let you control my blessing. Number one, forgive the place and the people. Number two, ask God to forgive them. That's the next step, boy. That's serious right there. You're not just saying, okay, Lord, I forgive them. You're saying, Lord, now you forgive them. And then number three, pray for them on a regular. I don't know who is, has hurt you. Pray for them every day. Every day. What I say? No, you gotta say it like I say it now. Every. Say it. No, see, some of y'all, I know you can, we, we know you got a master's degree. I didn't go to school to talk like that. Well, that's fine. We're just in church right now. It's okay. Every, I'm, he, I'm not saying it every day, every day, pastor, every day. That's why you stuck. But anyway, uh, we go. <laughs> pastor, we're going to come and stitch you back up. It's going to be all right. We're going to pray for them. And then watch this. And we're going to speak well and do good to them. Did y'all get something today? So with every head bowed, God's trying to do some surgery right now. Do you know he can't go in and cut the pain out until you're willing to let go of the person who hurt you and caused it? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that your word will not return void. That which has been sown, I thank you that it has entered into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, and those who are even watching now and will watch in the future. And I pray that today they will relinquish their right to fight. They'll surrender their right to to punish and as they do that and begin to pray for the people that hurt them I thank you that their hearts are going to soften up and all the deferred things that you've already had in store for them that blessings are going to come from the north the south, the east and the west and Lord I thank you for a rain from heaven coming down showering our lives like we've never experienced before in Jesus' mighty name. With every head still bowed, if you're watching me, if you would, bow your heads right there. Here's the question I want to ask.